This programme was produced at and first aired on NPR, Manawatu People's Radio, with support from New Zealand On Air. Kapai Irarangi Tomotu, NPR. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Welcome to Amazing Grace for 2023. My name is Warren, and today we're going to be sharing much about the Bible, much about Jesus with you. Um, we're going to continue, as we did at the end of 2022, to look at the importance of our relationship with Jesus. Um, it's just as important as we start this new year. But I pray that you've been blessed and you've had um, time to recharge the batteries over the festive season. And we know that the festive season is focused on Jesus. It's focused on his birth. And today we're going to focus on him as well. So here at Amazing Grace, we would love to hear from you. If you have a question for us or would like to make a comment on something that we've said, please don't hesitate to contact us. Now, remember, we have two free giveaways, uh, two books. One's called The Desire of Ages, and the other is called Steps to Christ. And both of these books we'd be happy to send to you, to give to you, to post to you. And if you contact us, we'd be happy to do that. Now, you can contact us in a number of ways. The first way is by email. And our email address is 999amazinggrace at gmail.com. That's 999-AMAZINGGRACE, and Amazing Grace is only 1G, at gmail.com. Or you could text or call us on 027-229-6624. That's 027-229-6624. Or you could contact the station, and, and a number of people have chosen to do that, but if you contact us, we won't follow up harassing you or annoying you. We'll just send you <clears throat> these free giveaways. Anyhow, before we, we start our program today, we're just going to have prayer. So we just invite you that where you are to bow your head as we pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for this opportunity to share the gospel with those in the Manawatu and the surrounding areas, praying, Lord, that that you would speak through us, through me, and uh, the message that I give today will be a message that will bring hope to those who are struggling with that. Father, we thank you that Jesus came into this world to save sinners. <clears throat> Didn't come to condemn the world, but came to save the world. And so, Father, the Bible says, he who believes in you, an exceptional son will have eternal life. And so, Father, we just pray for our listeners and their families, asking this in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> okay, so we're going to focus on Jesus. 
our Bible verse um, today is Matthew 25, 11 and 12. Afterward came also the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Those would be the worst words to ever hear from the Lord. I know you not. And our question is, do we know the Lord? Do we talk to him? Do we listen for his voice? There is a big difference between only believe and the genuine faith relationship with God. The nominal Christian world has for years held on to only believe as its brand of faith. But intellectual assent has never been sufficient for salvation. The person who has a vital relationship with God from which genuine faith springs is the only one who can really accept of Christ's sacrifice on a continuing basis. Insofar as our reception of eternal life is concerned, the relationship of knowing God, of loving him, of trusting in him, is the entire basis of the Christian life. Eternal life is based upon Jesus and what he has done. But there is part that we have to play. We must accept and receive it, or we will never benefit from it personally. When we first accept of his grace at justification, the relationship begins with Christ. As we continue to accept of his grace on a daily basis, the relationship continues. It's like marriage, really. Which is more important, getting married or staying married? In the end, you'll have to admit that it is a nonsensical question. You can't stay married if you've never gotten married in the first place, and you can't, and getting married is worthless unless you stay married. They are both important, they are both necessary. Coming to Jesus is important, staying with Jesus is also important. Both are equally vital. Jesus told about a wedding party in Matthew 25 when he got down to the nitty-gritty and the five foolish virgins were asking admission to the wedding. The Lord answered them, I know you not. It's said again in Matthew 7.23, Then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. The ones to whom these words were addressed had done a lot of working. They had said, Lord, Lord. They knew how to mouth the name of Jesus. They had cast out devils and had been involved in many wonderful works, but they didn't know him. Do you know him today? Have you accepted him again today of his sacrifice? Have you spent time in communion with him? And that's what we want to, at Amazing Grace, encourage you to do. We want not only to accept Jesus, but to walk with him daily. And so we continue to encourage you throughout 2003, not only to give your life to Jesus, but to walk with him each and every day. Every day they pass me by I can see it in their eyes Empty people 
Left to hide there silent cries Only Jesus hears People need the Lord People need the Lord At the end of broken Listening to Amazing Grace here on Manawatu People's Radio. Okay, friends, the health tip of the week. We're going to keep it short today, um, and many people have been asking us to keep it short. We're just going to give you one little tip about reflux <clears throat> um, or heartburn. Now, one of the things that does actually help with reflux and heartburn, which is nat- which is a natural remedy 
which is apple cider vinegar. Now, <laughs> there's there's a lot more to how helping with with natural cures with reflux, but let's just start with this one because it actually does work and it works quite well. However, <clears throat> you need to get the um, apple cider vinegar that's cloudy that you can't see through it because it's it's the original and it's the the real one. It's they say it's got the mother in it, but it really needs to be the cloudy one. And organic is better if you can, and in, made in New Zealand is better if you can. And there are a number of them at the supermarket. So when you first start taking it, um, try drinking it with um, a glass of water. So what I do is I, I measure out a tablespoon, a tablespoon, not a teaspoon or dessert spoon, but a tablespoon. So I put a tablespoon into one glass of water. And the reason that it's good to do that to start with is because um, some people can be affected by apple cider vinegar and it can have some side effects. Even though it's a natural product, some people are just allergic to to the aspect of the apple cider vinegar. So if you just have a tablespoon and a glass of water and do that twice a day, if, it, if there's going to be a problem, you'll find out fairly quickly. Um, but if it's not going to be a problem, you can up the rate. And then eventually, if you want to, you can actually go just to having the apple cider vinegar neat. Um, but I would suggest that you v- definitely start off by mixing it with water. So that's one of the ways of helping with heartburn and reflux, apple cider vinegar.
You're listening to Amazing Grace here on Manawatu People's Radio. As we said, we're going to continue to focus on Jesus. Jesus keeps walking with us. Relationship with God is not based on your behavior. Let me read that again. Relationship with God is not based on your behavior. Relationship is based on your communion with him. Anyone who thinks that their relationship is based on their behavior will give up their relationship sooner or later. Anyone who gives up their relationship because of their behavior is a legalist. There is a difference between getting discouraged over your behavior and being disappointed in your behavior. I am disappointed in my behavior many times, but I am not discouraged with my relationship. Why? Because Jesus has a nice way of about him of going right ahead with the disciples who fell and sinned again and again. They wanted to call fire down and burn up these miserable Samaritans. Jesus rebuked them, and he may rebuke you and me too, but he keeps walking with us. Then they went to another village, the Bible says, together. If it weren't for the realization of God's continued walk with us, many of us would have given up long ago. The one thing essential for us in order that we may receive and impart the forgiving love of God is to know the love that he has to us. Satan is working by every deception he can command in order that we may not discern that love. He will lead us to think that our mistakes and transgressions have been so grievous that the Lord would not have respect unto our prayers and will not bless us and save us. In ourselves, we can see nothing good to recommend us to God, and Satan tells us that it is of no use. We cannot remedy our defects of character. When we try to come to God, the enemy will whisper, It's of no use for you to pray. Did you not do that evil thing? Have you not sinned against God and violated your own conscience? But we may tell the enemy that the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. When we feel that we have sinned and cannot pray, it is then the time to pray. Ashamed we may be and deeply humbled, But we must pray and believe. Take courage today, for Jesus continues to walk with you as you continue to seek fellowship with him day by day. When we remain in fellowship and communion with him, he is unable to do his work of grace in our lives. Sooner or later, his power will be seen greater than our failures, and he will complete complete the work that he has started. And don't we say hallelujah to that, friends. All right, friends, we are going to um, we're going to have a break and we'll be back with you uh, in the second half where we are going to read from the two books that we talked about earlier in the show, um, Steps to Jesus. And we're going to be reading from the chapter of Confession and we're also going to be reading from the wonderful book, The Desire of Ages. And we'd be happy to post that out to you um, if you just contact 
us or the station and just let, give us your address and we'll just post that to you. If you're enjoying this podcast in Manawatu, you could make your very own, just like this one. NPR exists to help people like you tell your story or share your passion on air and online. Check out npr.nz for more information. Hello and welcome back to Amazing Grace here on Manawatu People's Radio. All right, in the second half of the of the program today, we are going to we're going to look at confession. What is confession? As we look at chapter four from the book Steps to Jesus. You will never succeed in life if you try to hide your sins. The Bible says confess them and give them up, then God will show mercy to you. Proverbs twenty eight thirteen. The rules for receiving the mercy of God are simple, fair, and reasonable. The Lord does not ask us to do something hard and painful so that our sins may be forgiven. We do not need to make long, tiring journeys. We cannot pay for our sins by suffering. Anyone who confesses his sins and turns away from them will receive mercy, the Bible says. The Apostle James says, Confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. James 5.16 We confess our sins to God for only he can forgive them. We confess our faults to one another. If we have offended a friend or neighbor, we must admit the wrong and it is his duty to forgive freely then we are to ask God to forgive us because the neighbor belongs to God. When we hurt him, we we sin against our creator and redeemer. We take the case of Jesus Christ, our great high priest. Our high priest is not one who cannot feel sympathy for our weaknesses. But we have a high priest who was tempted in every way that we are, but did not sin, Hebrews 4.15. He is able to wash away every spot of sin. We must humble ourselves before God and admit that we have sinned. This is the first rule for being accepted by God. If we have not repented and humbled ourselves, confessing our sins, we have not truly asked for forgiveness. If we do not hate our sins, we do not truly want to be forgiven, and we do not find the peace of God. If we have not been forgiven for our sins, the only reason that we are not willing to humble ourselves, we are not willing to follow the rules set forth in the Bible. God has carefully told us what we are to do. We must open our hearts and freely admit that we have sinned. We should not do this in a light or careless way. Nor should we be forced to do it. We must realize how bad sin is and hate it. If we truly confess, pouring out our hearts to God, we will hear, he will hear and have pity on us. The psalmist David wrote, 
the Lord is near unto them that are of a broken spirit. And save the such as to be a contrite spirit, Psalms 34.18. True confessions names the sin. It tells exactly what was done. A person may need to confess some sins only to God, or he or she may need to go to some, some person and tell them that he is sorry he, was, he has hurt them. He may need to confess some sins in public, but every time a person confesses, he should name the sin of which he is guilty. In the days of Samuel, the people of Israel were not following God. They had lost their faith in God and felt that he was no longer able to lead them. They did not feel God's power, nor did they trust him to care for them. They turned away from the great ruler of the universe and asked for a king such as the other nations had. God gave his people a king. But they had many troubles. Before they could find peace with God, they made this confession. We now realize that besides all our other sins, we have sinned by asking for a king. 1 Samuel twelve nineteen, They had to confess the exact sin that had caused their trouble. They had not been thankful to God for his... God cannot accept our confession unless we repent and give up of our sins. We must make decided changes in our life. When we are truly sorry for sin, we will give up everything that is not pleasing to God. The work that we must do is plainly set before us. Wash yourselves clean. Stop all this evil that I see you doing. Yes, stop doing evil and learn to do right. See that justice is done. Help those who are oppressed. Give orphans their their rights and defend widows. If he returns to the security he took for a loan or gives black what he stole, if he stops sinning and follows the laws that give life, he will not die but live, says in Ezekiel 33.15. Paul says that changes take place when a person repents. See what God did with this sadness of yours, how earnest he has made you, and how eager to prove your innocence. Such such indignation, such alarm, such feelings, such devotion, such readiness to punish wrongdoing. You have shown yourself to be without fault in the world matter. 2 Corinthians 7.11 When sin dulls the moral senses, the sinner does not see what is wrong with the character. His sins do not look very bad to him. He is almost blind to them unless the power of the Holy Spirit opens his eyes. 
A person who is not led by the Holy Spirit is not sincere and in earnest when he confesses. He says he would not have done the wrong thing if certain conditions had been different. After Adam and Eve ate the forbidden fruit, they were ashamed and afraid. At first, their only thought was how to excuse their sin and escape death. When Jesus asked about their sin, Adam blamed God and Eve. He said, the woman you put here with me gave me the fruit and I ate it. The woman blamed the snake. She said, the snake tricked me into eating it. She was saying to God, why did you make the snake? Why did you let him come into Eden? She was excusing herself for and blaming God for her sin. The desire to make excuses for one's sins becomes comes from Satan and is shared by all people. But confessing by blaming someone else is not God's way, and he will not accept it. True repentance will lead a person to admit his guilt without trying to act innocent or making excuses. Like the tax collector of whom Jesus spoke, he will pray without even lifting his eyes to heaven, God have pity on me, a sinner. We read in the Bible of people who truly repented. They were humble and confessed their sins. They did not try to make excuses or defend what they had done. The Apostle Paul told of his sin in trying to kill the Christians. He did not try to make it appear small. He made it sound as bad as he could. He said, I received authority from the chief priests and put many of God's people in prison. And they were sentenced to death. I also voted against them. Many times I had them punished in the synagogues and tried to make them deny their faith. I was so furious with them that I even went to foreign cities to persecute them, said Paul. Paul was eager to say, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, and I am the worst of them. 1 Timothy 1.15 A broken-hearted person, humbled by true repentance, will see how much God cares for him. He will understand the cost of Calvary. The sinner who is really sorry will confess. He will come to... He will come to God as freely as the Son comes to a loving Father. John wrote, If we confess our sins to God, he will keep his promise and do what is right. He will forgive us from our sins and purify us from all wrongdoing. Yep, what a beautiful promise we have there. And that was chapter 4, Confession. And so we just pray that you were blessed um, by, by hearing that. Calling, calling for 
Listening to Amazing Grace here on Malawatu People's Radio. All right, friends, um, we come to the last segment of our program today, and 
We're going to finish reading uh, this chapter, Who is the Greatest? And, and this particular part of the chapter brings out a really, really, really important point for Christians. For those people that are already in the church, those people that are already walking with the Lord, this is a very important aspect. And it comes from Matthew 18, and it's and it's going to look at um, <clears throat> what happens is if you see somebody doing something that they shouldn't be. Now, what you shouldn't do is broadcast it. You shouldn't gossip about it. But let's see what this chapter says, and which which goes along with the Bible and how you deal with the situation. In the spirit of meekness, considering thyself less than also be tempted. Galatians 6.1 Go to the erring one and tell him his fault between you and him alone. Do not put him in shame by exposing his fault to others, nor bring dishonor upon Christ by making public the sin or, or error of the one who bears his name. Often the truth must be plainly spoken to the erring. He must be led to see his error, that he may reform. But you are not to judge or condemn. Make no attempt at self-justification. Let all your effort be for his recovery. In treating the wounds of the soul, there is a need of the most delicate touch. The finest sensibility, only the love that flows from the suffering one of Calvary can avail here. With pittering tenderness, let brother deal with brother, knowing that if you succeed, you will save a soul from death and hide a multitude of sins. But even this effort may be unavailing. Then said Jesus, Take with thee one or two more. It, it may be that the united influence will prevail where that of the first was unsuccessful. Not being parties to the trouble, they will be more likely to act impartially and this fact will give the council greater weight with the erring one. If he will not hear them, then, and not till then, the matter is to be brought for before the whole body of believers. Let the members of the church, as a representative of Christ, unite in prayer and loving entreaty that the offender may be restored. The Holy Spirit will speak through his servants, pleading with the wanderer to return to God. Paul the Apostle, speaking by inspiration, says, As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead. Be ye reconciled to God. 2 Corinthians 5.20 he who rejects this united overture has broken the tie that binds him to Christ and thus has severed himself from the fellowship of the church. Henceforth, said Jesus, let him be unto thee a heathen man and a publican. But he is not to be regarded as cut off from the mercy of God. Let him not be despised nor neglected by his former brethren but be treated with tenderness and compassion as one of the lost sheep that Christ has been seeking to bring to his fold. Christ's instruction as to the treatment of the erring. 
repeats in more specific form the teaching given to Israel through Moses. Thou shalt not hate thy brother in thine heart. Thou shalt in any wise rebuke thy neighbor, that thou be not sin for him. Leviticus 19.17 That is, if one neglects the duty Christ had enjoined of trying to restore those who are in error and sin, he becomes a partaker in the sin. For evils that we might have checked, we are just as responsible as if we were guilty of the acts ourselves. But it is to the wrongdoer himself that we are to present the wrong. We are not to make it a matter of comment and criticism among ourselves, nor even after it is told to the church and we are at liberty to repeat it to others. A knowledge of the faults of Christians will only cause of stumbling to the unbelieving world, and by dwelling upon these things, we ourselves can receive only harm, for it is beholding that we become changed. While we seek to correct the errors of a brother, the Spirit of Christ will lead us to shield him as far as possible from the criticism of even his own brethren, and how much more from the censure of the unbelieving world We ourselves are erring and need Christ's pity and forgiveness. And just as we wish him to deal with us, he bids us to deal with one another. And that's important too. Whatsoever ye shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever ye shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. You are acting as the ambassadors of heaven, and the issues of your work are for eternity. But we are not to bear this great responsibility alone. Whenever his word is obeyed with a sincere heart, there Christ abides. Not only is he present in the assemblies of the church, but wherever disciples, however few, meet in his name, there also he will be. And he says, if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which art in heaven. Jesus says, my Father which art in heaven is reminding his disciples that while by his humanity he was linked with them, a sharer in their trials and sympathizing with them in their suffering, by his divinity he is connected with the throne of the infinite wonderful assurance. The heavenly intelligences unite with men in sympathy and labor for the saving of all that which was lost, and all the power of heaven is brought to combine with human ability in drawing souls to Christ. And I think that's a very, very important point, especially for Christians, uh, people in the church, would do really well, um, you know, so... We go and see somebody if there's an issue, but we don't tell anybody else. And we take others um, who are not involved in the situation. I mean, obviously, they'll have to know some of the details. Look, if the person doesn't listen to you and listen to them, then you take it before the church. And if he still doesn't listen, well, then unfortunately, you will have to ask him to leave. But in the meanwhile, um, there should be prayer, praying that, 
the Holy Spirit would be able to move this person's heart so that they would be open to repenting and reconciling with the brethren. It's really a very last resort that you ever want to remove somebody from church. But if the person will not listen to you and others and they won't listen to the church, then you don't have any choice but to remove them because they just bring it just brings problems into the church. Um, you know, it's like it's like anything. There, there needs to be rules and laws, and but this is all done in love. This is not done with trying to remove the person, but trying not to remove them, trying to show going that extra step, trying to love people, um, well, not trying to love them, loving them, but but trying to yeah, trying to help them. I guess praying for them and doing everything you can to avoid finally having to remove them from your church because that is a very painful experience. And uh, I I know I've been involved in that, but sometimes you're left with no choice. But remember to pray and to help these people who have strayed. All right, friends, we've come to the end of our time together today and – We are just reminding you of the two free giveaways, the wonderful book I just read from, The Desire of Ages, Um, also the book Steps to Jesus, and look, we'd be happy to send those out to you if you just contact us. And remember that the email address is 999amazinggrace at gmail.com. So that's 999amazinggrace, and Amazing Grace is only one G, at gmail.com or you could text or call us on 027-229-6624. That's 027-229-6624. Uh, you can contact the station as well. All right, friends, let's just finish with prayer. Father in heaven, we thank you for this opportunity um, to share with those on the radio. Uh, we pray for our listeners and their families and pray for your blessing to be upon them. Father, we thank you for the gift of your Son, and we know that as we walk with him in a relationship that we're saved. We're not saved by head knowledge. We're not saved by mental assent. We're not saved because we go to church each week. We're not saved because we even put money in the in the offering plate. We're saved because of the relationship that we have with your precious Son, Jesus Christ. And we know that that relationship is by faith through the power of the Holy Spirit. But Father, we just thank you for this opportunity that we've had to share the gospel today. And we just give praise and thanks to you, Lord, praying and asking all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So from all of us here at Amazing Grace, we pray that you will grow in grace. May the love of the Father, the grace of the Lord Jesus, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you.
If you enjoy this NPR podcast, please consider subscribing. Our podcasts are available on all major podcasting platforms. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and Spotify, as well as the accessmedia.nz app. Support this show and others like it by giving a donation. For more information, go to www.mpr.nz forward slash donate.